This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Wednesday, August 24th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. UFW updates card check bill. Carbon neutrality back from the dead and Indo-Pacific trade meeting. UFW bill upgraded to card check on steroids. Farm groups are raising alarms with lawmakers over new amendments to AB 2183. The bill proposes a vote-by-mail option for farm worker union elections along with a card check system. New changes would allow for two alternatives to the standard in-person secret ballot elections. An employer could voluntarily choose mail-in voting or the union could petition the Agriculture Labor Relations Board with proof of majority support, a process known as card check. In an alert to lawmakers, agriculture organizations describe the new provisions as forced union submission. They argue the bill would coerce employers into waiving their rights and that it sidesteps a recent U.S. Supreme Court decision on access to property. The mail-in option, they claim, is also corrupt since union agents could intimidate workers in deciding pre-populated ballots. Final floor votes on the measure will take place in the coming week, starting with the Senate. United Farm Workers plans to complete its 300-mile march to the Capitol for AB 2183 on Friday at 9 a.m. You can read more about this and other bills farm groups are watching in the AgriPulse West newsletter. It hits inboxes later this morning. Carbon neutrality bill returns from the dead. The Senate has revived a measure that would push the state to a 2045 goal for achieving net zero greenhouse gas emissions or to at least cut those emissions by 90%. The bill failed to gather enough votes to pass in the waiting hours of the 2021 legislative session after heavy opposition from agriculture and other industries. In the two weeks since Governor Newsom called for the legislature to pass such a measure in this session, rumors have swirled around the Capitol that the bill might return to life. AB 1395 has yet to take any amendments to guarantee enough votes to put it past the finish line, but it still has a few days left on the calendar. U.S. to host IPEF ministerial meeting next month. The U.S. will hold the second Indo-Pacific Economic Framework Ministerial Meeting September 8th and 9th in Los Angeles. That according to a statement released yesterday by U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai. It'll be the first minister-level meeting to be held in person after the virtual gathering in July. Tai and Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo will lead the meetings with visiting ministers on the four categories that will comprise the IPEF, trade, supply chains, clean energy and infrastructure, and tax and anti-corruption. Member countries will be allowed to choose which of the categories they engage in, but in June, Thai prodded ministers to sign up for negotiations of what USTR calls the trade pillar. Uh, The U.S.-led IPEF so far includes Australia, Brunei, India, Indonesia, Japan, South Korea, Malaysia, New Zealand, the Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, Vietnam, and Fiji. USDA offers fresh $100 million for biofuels infrastructure. 
The Department of Agriculture will begin accepting applications for $100 million in grants to fund transportation, fueling, and fuel distribution facilities for higher blends of ethanol and biodiesel. The department is providing the money through the Higher Blends Infrastructure Incentive Program. In April, USDA made $5.6 million available through HBIP. That is expected to increase availability of biofuels by 59.5 million gallons a year in California, Delaware, Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, New York, and South Dakota. The new funding is separate from the $500 million earmarked for biofuel infrastructure in the recently enacted Inflation Reduction Act. The Renewable Fuels Association applauding the announcement of the latest round of $100 million in funding. USDA's previous investments in biofuels infrastructure yielded huge dividends for drivers this summer as higher blends like E15 and E85 were the most affordable options at the pump, said RFA President and CEO Jeff Cooper. He was in Illinois with Ag Secretary Vilsack for the announcement. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. A hunger conference task force mandate. A task force advising the upcoming White House Hunger Conference issued recommendations yesterday that call on the government to require nutrition labeling on the front of food packages, e-SNAP eligibility rules, and make school meals free to more students. The task force 129-page report also recommends eliminating lowest bid requirements for schools that discourage them from buying locally produced foods or taking environmental concerns into consideration when purchasing products. The White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition, and Health expected to take place next month that to bring together experts and advocates to discuss the intertwined issues of hunger and nutrition and how they affect health. No date for that conference has been set yet, and it's not clear what policy outcomes are likely to result from it. Advancing this bold, high-impact agenda calls for political will and bipartisan solutions and requires actions by Congress, the White House, numerous federal agencies, state and local governments, non-government organizations, and the private sector. That according to the executive summary of the task force report. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Well, here's today's She Said It. It's been a busy day in Sacramento. That Senator Melissa Hurtado of Sanger, who had had several bills move through the legislature this week. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Wednesday, August 24th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jack Nally.